Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. If you have your Bibles or your instrument of Scripture, I want you to look in, in Proverbs 29:18. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 29:18 is is been a, a, a just a familiar verse, one that I've stood on, gone back to, rehearsed over and over all almost all my life. Praise God. Found it early in my ministry and and just just have just stayed with it and just let it remind me of what God wants to do in my life and the importance of living out of who I am in Christ. Amen. In Proverbs 29, 18, several translations, the King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he that keeps the law. The New King James says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. The Amplified says, where there is no vision and redemptive revelation, people perish by casting off all restraints. But happy is he who keeps God's law and the law of man. And so we begin to get some revelation here what he's talking about. Vision is something you see, isn't it? Amen. So if you don't see it, you're going to perish. And that's why the New King James brings it out, revelation. And, and, and you can say it like this. Where there's no revelation of God's will for your life, you're going to have no direction and you're going to be destroyed because the enemy is going to take advantage of you not knowing who you are, what you're supposed to be doing, or where you're going. Amen? And, and he says, he that's without revelation. What is the revelation? Revealed knowledge. Amen? See, that's the problem with this is, is we're operating on information instead of revelation. And, and, and here's the thing. If I don't have a revelation from God, then I'm going to cast off restraint. Now, what are restraints? They're, they're perimeters. They're, they're barriers. And so he says this. If you don't have a revelation from God, you'll live any way you want to live. You know why there's so much uh, craziness going on in the church today? It's because we don't have a revelation of what God wants us to do. Because if you ever get a revelation of how the Lord wants you to really live, you'll cut out a lot of that stuff. See, I, I have restraints in my life. I have a revelation of what my marriage to my wife is supposed to be. So therefore, that revelation brings restraints with what I do, how I treat her. It brings restraints on how I, how I, I deal with, with other people. And it doesn't bring me into bondage. It liberates me. Because inside those strengths is liberty. Inside those strengths is the blessing of God. Amen? Because he goes on in this same verse and he says, As happy is he who keeps God's laws. Well, we can bring it up this way. Happy is he whose God's word comes alive and begins to work in his life. The Amplified says, happy, blessed, and, and to be envied. Hallelujah. That's pretty good, isn't it? Huh? Happy, blessed, and to be envied is the person who keeps God's word. Hallelujah. So therefore, if I get a revelation of how I'm supposed to treat my wife, and she has a revelation of how she's supposed to treat me, and a revelation of what a godly marriage is, then what it does, it restrains us from acting out in the flesh and acting out in the world, and it brings us into a place where God's blessing is constantly working in our lives. Amen. 
And, and, and somebody says, well, what's so important here? Notice he says where there's no revelation people. It can be singular or plural. In other words, a church that doesn't have a revelation of God's plan for that church and what he's wanting to do in that city will cast off restraint and follow every wind of doctrine that comes to town and won't accomplish anything. But a church, a group of people that gets the revelation of God and begins to operate in that revelation will begin to do great things for the kingdom of God. They'll be blessed, hallelujah. They'll be fruitful. They'll be envied of others. They'll say, "Why we need to get in that because these people have a direction in their lives. Amen? The people of Israel were just defeated and destroyed. The temple was ransacked. The walls were just beaten down. The gates were burned. And Nehemiah hears about it and begins to cry out to God. And he gets his burden. You know, but he gets his revelation that this is wrong. I mean, this shouldn't be acting like this. And and we shouldn't be in captivity. And, 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 And so, you know what happens? He goes back. God opens that up and he begins to operate out of the vision of God to rebuild the city. And when he gets back there, you know what happens? People begin to hear what he's got to say. They hook up with the revelation. God doesn't want this place beat down like this. God doesn't want us scattered. God doesn't want us. And and so they begin to join together and the people hook up with the vision of God. And when they have a mind to work that vision, you know what they did? They rebuilt the walls. They redid the, the, all, the, the, all the gates, and, and, and then they go into the temple, and it's, it's the funniest thing. They find the temples all ramsacked, and they start cleaning it out, and they find the scrolls. And so they get a couple of priests, and they gather all the people, and they start reading from God's word. And you know what the people did? The Bible says they begin to cry and begin to weep and feel sad for themselves. And so Nehemiah steps up, and he says, wait a minute. Somebody says, well, they're reading the word. Why were, they fi- why were they crying? Because all of a sudden the word became a revelation of what they could have had and what they could be and what God wanted to do. And they were so upset because they had not done it and it had pe- they had perished and they had been scattered and things hadn't gone. And so Nehemiah says, no, no, no. Don't mourn and be in remorse over what you didn't have. Start rejoicing over what God wants you to have. For the joy of the Lord is your strength, and this is bringing us joy. And we don't have to be beat down any longer. We don't have to be scattered anymore. We don't have to live in poverty anymore. We don't have to live in defeat anymore. And, and so don't look in your past and say, oh, I wish I'd known this earlier. Rejoice that you know it now. Hallelujah. So revelation is not given to us to condemn us. Revelation is to bring us out of condemnation. Amen? Vision is not to make me feel bad over the years I've wasted. It's to get me excited about the years that I still have. Amen? And so we have to get before God and get His vision, get His revelation. And you know, here's the thing you have to grab a hold of. You have to make that revelation your revelation. You cannot get healed on my revelation that Jesus is my healer. You can rejoice, and sometimes I can help you get healed, but for you to get healed and live in healing, you have to get the revelation in your spirit that Jesus is your healer. Amen. And, and, and this is the thing. You're not going to prosper just because I stand up here and tell you, you know what? I learned that if I give, that God would bless my seed and, and, and bring increase into my life. And by being a good steward and God could trust me, God began to bless me. And now we're prospering. Hallelujah. You go, oh, that's great. Hallelujah. I'm going to grab a dollar and give it and let God make me a millionaire. 
No, you're not. You don't have a revelation of anything you're doing. You're just operating on something you heard. What you've got to do is you've got to get into the Word of God yourself, and you've got to let the Spirit of God take that revelation that God wants you to prosper, that God wants you to be healed, that God wants you to be blessed, and it becomes such a revelation to you that nobody can talk you out of it. Somebody says, how do I know when it becomes a vision for me, a revelation for me? Happy, blessed, to be envied is he who keeps God's laws. In other words, I begin to act upon the word of God. It's not a revelation if I'm not doing it. Amen? See, it's just information. A lot of people, they can tell you what the Bible says, but a revelation helps you to do what the Bible says. Oh, I'm going to say it again. See, a lot of people get the information, and they, they can tell you what the Bible says, but when you get the revelation, you do what the Bible says. Amen? I'm not praising God because I'm standing beside some crazy praiser. <laughs> and I don't want to be shamed and looking like I don't praise God. I'm sitting over here next time. They're not as wild and cry. Yeah, no, no. I'll never be a praiser until I get the revelation of what praise really is. In the vision, I begin to see myself praising God. And God is receiving it as a sweet-smelling savor and an offering that's pleasing unto Him. And the Lord just begins to just join in with me. And I'm pleasing Him. And all of a sudden, my praise is my joy. My praise is my, my attitude of gratitude. My praise is my thanksgiving. And it's a revelation between me and Jesus. I'm not singing because the praise team's doing a great job. I'm praising God because He's my God. Amen. And you can't talk me out of it. And I'm not going to perish. And I'm not going to cast off my restraints. In other words, I'm not going to get carnal. I'm not going to get out here. And I'm not going to get out here and let you talk me out of it. Because it's become a revelation in my spirit. Now you have to press in to get this revelation. I can, I can remember when God began to speak to me years ago. I, you know, when I would go out to Rhema or different places and, 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 or if I fly someplace to minister, I always put in my briefcase two or three books that I want to read. And I probably have read them a hundred times, but, but, you know, I learned early that, that some books I'll read once and it's blessed me and I'll put it in my library. Then I'll get other books and every time I read them, they just feed my spirit. So I'll read them hundreds of times and go back and reread them. And so sometimes I'll do that. Well, I had Brother Hagin's book on the authority of the believer. And if you've ever read his book, he starts it off by saying, uh, I got this revelation, and before you, read, before you read on, you should read the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians and pay particular attention to Ephesians 1 and 3, the prayers that are there that Paul, he said, I prayed those prayers thousands of times, and the revelation of God began to come to me. And I'd read that, and about that time, I'm sitting there on the plane just minding my own business, you know, reading my book. And the Holy Ghost said, do you believe that you could have what Brother Hagin had without doing what Brother Hagin did? I said, say that again. <laughs> and the Lord said, do you really believe that you can have what Brother Hagin had without doing what Brother Hagin did? And, of course, you know, I gave God a good biblical answer. I said, thou knowest. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And he said, no, you can't, son. He said, that wasn't given to you. That book wasn't written so you could have 
what he had by just reading it. He said that book was given to you so you could learn how to have what he had. And he said, and if you'll follow and do what he did, you can have what he had. So getting a vision and revelation from God isn't just doing it because everybody else does it or even reading about it. But it is pressing in until that law becomes a law that governs your life and becomes a revelation to you. And when we talk law, we're not talking about Old Testament law, getting back under the law. We're talking about God's spiritual laws become laws that are revelations to you. You understand why you're supposed to believe in your heart and say with your mouth to the mountain, be removed, and it'll be cast into the sea. You, have a, you understand the law. It's a revelation to you. And you're not doing it because Pastor Mark taught it to you and, and he did a great job teaching to you. And so I'm just going to go here and start speaking everything in my house. Well, you know what? That's great. But you know what you need to do? You need to get that down in your heart and understand that I'm operating under the authority of Jesus and he gave me this so I could make Make it work in my life. Hallelujah. And he gave it to me so I wouldn't perish. He gave it to me so I wouldn't be defeated. He gave it to me so I wouldn't walk around impoverished. Because if I have a vision, I'm not going to be sick. If I have a vision, I'm not going to be poor. If I have a vision, I'm not going to be distressed. Why? Because I know how to take God's word and win those victories when they come against me. Amen? That doesn't mean you're not going to be attacked, but it means you don't get defeated by the attack. Hallelujah. Because, see, a person with a revelation is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. Hallelujah. You can fuss at me and tell me the speaking in tongues ain't today, and I've read that. But you know what? You're too late. I've done it. Hallelujah. And I've got the revelation of it, praise God. Amen. I'm not going to perish at your argument. Praise God. I'm just going to smile and praise the Lord and pray in tongues for you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And so we need to get this revision. And the church has to get that revision. See, we we come in and Anchor Faith is here. And God has a vision for this church. But you see, it cannot just be Pastor Mark and Pastor Ashley. It's got to be your vision. It's got to be something that you care behold. Just like Nehemiah, he couldn't have gotten that city rebuilt if the people hadn't grabbed the vision and saw it like he saw it. It was their revelation. We can have this temple open back up. We can have the power and the glory of God again. We can be a mighty people again. Hallelujah. And they joined together. And that vision brought all it back because it was a revelation of God's plan for them. Amen. 2019, we have to have a revelation of God's plan for us. And then we have to bring it, make it personal and say, I, have a, I need a revelation of God's plan for me. Amen? Now, how am I going to get it? I'm going to get it through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. Remember what Jesus said in John 16, 13? He called the Holy Ghost the Spirit of truth, and He would guide you in all truth. So we need the Spirit of God working in our lives, but then we also need to get into the Word of God and find out how God is going to do that in our life. Amen? Well, how's He going to do it? You know that God has a process of getting revelation to you. Sure, it's it's, it's in the Bible. I found it. Praise God. Look in Romans, the 10th chapter. Amen. Romans chapter 10. And let's look over here. We'll start in verse 13. And we'll read down to verse 17. Very familiar scripture to us. 
Paul's preaching here to the Romans about being born again, about being saved, about believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and confessing him as your Lord and you'll be saved. Then he gets down here in verse 3, of course, in verses, that's verse 10. And, and then verses 11 and 12, he talks about God not being a respecter of persons, that, you know, he'll, he'll reach out to anybody that calls on him. And then verse 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then he gets into some things. He gets into some theological discussions. He starts talking about a process. Here's where you find God's process of bringing you to a place where his will begins to work for you. He says here in verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard, believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, you've got to understand something. You've got to go from verse 17 back up to verse 13 to get to the place where you act on your faith. See, he's actually given you everything from the result, and then he starts taking you back to how you got to that result of calling upon the name of the Lord. Amen? And so he says then, you, you, know, you, you have to have faith. And he gets down in verse 17, and he says, not everybody's believed. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In other words, he says this, you can sit where the word is being preached and choose not to hear it, and it still won't do you any good. Because revelation doesn't just come to you because you're where revelation is being released. You have to make a conscious effort to hear it and receive it and let it speak into you. Amen? It has become your revelation, praise God. If you come and give your heart to Jesus today, you don't do it because five or six others do it. You do it because Jesus became real to you and eternity became real to you and you realize that you need a saved and you needed God to, to deliver you from your sins and the only way was through confessing and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do it and it becomes a personal revelation, there's no devil can stop you from getting what God has for you. And so he says here, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And you have to have faith to call out upon the name of the Lord, don't you? Well, the word here, faith comes by hearing. First of all, that word hearing is an, uh, is an action verb. Amen? In other words, faith comes by you actively setting yourself to hear what God has to say. Amen? goes right along with what Paul said to the Colossians. Set your mind on those things which are above and not on things on the earth. Set your affection on God. Just focus in. In other words, if I'm going to get to the place where I'm going to release the blessing of God in my life, I have to actively hear what God is speaking to me through His Word. Because it will only produce faith if I actively hear it myself. Amen? And then the word here, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You know what that W-O-R-D word is? It's rhema, the word spoken. And you know what that means? Let's take it another step. He says this, for you to get faith, you have to actively hear God's word until it speaks to you. Did you hear me? For me to get faith, that word has to jump off the page and jump into my heart and become a spoken word to me. Amen. 
You know, every blessing I've ever received from God came whenever I took God's word, that may be that verse, as a personal word from Jesus speaking it to me. It became my word. It became my word. Hallelujah. I used to quote Mark eleven twenty two and 23 and 24 and say, you know, Brother Hagin said in Mark eleven twenty two and 23, have faith in God who served, you know. And, 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 you know, after so many years, I don't say Brother Hagin said anymore because I've said it so much, meditated on so much, I say it now. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, you know, thank God for Brother Hagin. He's gone on to be with the Lord, praise God, and I'm still around. Now I've got some younger ministers, and I've heard them say, you know, Pastor Hoffman says, Mark, I said, no, 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 hallelujah. You get it for yourself, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But you see, here's the thing. Faith comes by me actively. In other words, I want what God says so bad, I'm going to set myself to hear it. And that word is going to come off the page and be more than just a printed word. It's going to become a spoken word. It's going to be God talking to me. See, if I need healing, if I need to cry out, because in verse 13 says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved there is a Greek word. Sozo means to be saved, healed, delivered, preserved, and made whole. So he says, if you want to get to your healing, you have to set yourself to hear God until he speaks a word in your heart and it produces faith for you to say, Lord, you're my healer. Amen? And you see, this is the thing. 1 Peter 2.24, the last part of it says, by whose stripes you were healed. How do I make that faith in my life? Well, we're ministering on healing, but you set your mind on the Lord and you actively hear that and you say, Lord, that's not just a good message, that's my message. And I receive you speaking that to me, that by your stripes, Jesus, the pain that's in my body has to leave because my body is healed. And I'm calling upon your name as my healer right now. And I'm not doing it because it's in the Bible. I'm doing it because it's in my heart. And I believe, hallelujah. See, we have to believe this stuff. We have to actively believe. And to do that, you have to actively hear. And you've got to make it a personal word to you. It's got to become your personal revelation from God. Amen. You see, this is the thing. When you get a personal revelation about your children, you're going to raise them up in a certain way. And you're going to believe things about them. And even when they hit their little stages and stuff, you're not going to panic and go out and try to find out what Dr. Spock said about it or anything else. You know, you're going, you're going to stay with the Word and you're going to say, thank you, Lord. I'm training them in the way they go. And when they get older, they'll never depart. And they're going to live their lives for you. And it's a revelation. And my home is going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Because it's a personal Word from God to you. Amen. The word jumped off the page and became God speaking to me. So then he goes on and he says, how am I going to get that word? Well, he he basically takes you back up the line. And he says this. Of course, he says, how can you call upon him, verse 14, in in whom you've not believed? Well, believing is the, the, the thing before the calling, isn't it? So it's down the line. And you can't believe until you've heard. So hearing's before believing. And then you can't hear unless somebody's anointed and sent from God to preach it to you. 
So what is the process that God uses to get us in a place where he can grow us and mature us and, 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 and help us? He raises up a church like Anchor Faith and then he calls a man of God or a woman of God and a couple and, and he puts his anointing on them and he sends them and they come and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and we come and hook up with the vision, the plan that God has and of the one who sent and as we hear that word, it causes us to believe that word and we realize this church isn't here just so we can have a crowd this church is here so I can come to a place where I can believe Jesus in my life and have my life changed hallelujah and all of a sudden we understand the vision of anchor faith the vision of anchor faith isn't just having a big crowd it's to change my life it's helped me to raise my kids it's helped me to hear from God a personal word from Jesus and make it my revelation so I live out of revelation and not religion praise God and it changes my life I live as a new creation in Christ Jesus I see myself as the righteousness of God I see myself as somebody who can pray and get answers I see myself as my family being blessed I see my home being blessed of God I see myself achieving what God said I can achieve because great Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And somebody says, how can you say greater is he that's in me? I was in church and it was preached and I heard it as a personal word to me. I don't know what you're doing in here today, but I'm getting a revelation of who I am from Jesus Christ. Amen. And you see, you got to understand, and he's sent from God, so if he's sent from God, and he's doing what God told him to do, he should be speaking God's word to you. And that word should be received as a personal message of God's instruction to you to live in victory in your life. And when the message is coming forth, you have to make a decision sitting right where you're sitting. Because he said there, some heard but didn't believe. But whoever believed, whoever heard it and received it, believed it, and it became faith in their lives. And when it became faith in their lives, see, you get faith not because you heard a general message. You get faith because you heard God speaking it to you. That's why we come to church sometimes. And, and, and you know, some people, they say, oh, it's okay. Well, you know, th- th- they didn't hear the report. And if they did, they're debating whether or not they believe it or not. And they're receiving it just as a word sent to them from a man instead of a word sent from them from a man anointed of God to give them that word so they could live that word and change their life. I choose to be the one who sits in the service, hears the message, and all the time the preacher's preaching, the Holy Ghost is speaking things into my life and showing me revelation of what he wants to do in me. And I leave that service with faith in my heart, ready to call upon the Lord and believe that he's going to save me, heal me, deliver me, set me free, whatever it is I need. Amen? And you see, when we get that revelation of what church is, then we get the revelation of how we can live our lives. We understand our purpose. We understand that there are a lot of people right here in this city and all the surrounding region needs a revelation of what Jesus Christ has come to do for them. 
Remember, one of the, the, the things there in Proverbs was that where there's no redemptive revelation, the people perish. I need to know what I've been redeemed out of and what I've been redeemed into. Amen? I mean, you know, thank God, you know, you came in, you took all the old rags off of me and showered me real good, but I'm still pretty in bad shape if you don't give me some new clothes and <laughs> help me redress myself, amen? And see, a lot of us, what we're trying to do is get people to come out of their old rags of their old life, but we're not teaching them all the good things that they can put on now in their new life. And so we're trying to live a new life in Christ under the old laws of the past. And we haven't changed our mind. We haven't changed our vision. We haven't changed our, our thought process. But you see, we've got to come to the Lord, and we've got to hear this word. I went to Rama, and, and I'll be honest with you, I just you know, came out of the uh, denominational setting, and I loved our church and loved our pastor and loved the people, and we had great folks there. And, and, you know, even with the, the Baptist, I have great relationships with Baptist pastors, and, and we get, you know, some great fellowships together and, and stuff. Well, I know how to talk their language. I was one. Praise God. Amen. And so we fellowship, and I don't put anybody down. You know, everybody's living at different levels of revelation knowledge. I mean, if they have a revelation, they're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, saved by his grace, and Jesus is their Lord, and they're going to heaven someday. Hallelujah. I'll rejoice with you in that part of the revelation you're operating in. And if you want to get a little bit more revelation, we'll go ahead and get in the Word because all revelation has to come from the Word of God. Revelation doesn't come from my experience. It comes from my, my, my revelation of Jesus and His Word. Amen? What He says about it. And you can't believe any higher than your revelation. You can't believe for any more than the revelation you have. So therefore, it's not only important that you get born again, fill the Spirit, and get in church, but as you get into the Word, you let God do a continual process of cleansing and remolding and reshaping you. Amen? Amen. See, Christianity is this, folks. Christianity is something that happens in an instant then takes the rest of your life to perfect. Are you listening to me? Because even the day you take your last breath, there's some more that you could have gotten done. And there was more God could have done with you, more God could have done for you, and more God could have done through you. Amen? And so, so we get born again, and boom. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, we, don't, we can't make it happen. We don't do it. But we just believe on the Jesus, and praise God, he comes in. And in an instant, he changes, takes the old heart out, puts a new heart in, gives us his nature, and we become a child of God then it takes the rest of our lives to figure out what he did. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And you know what's amazing? It's just really great, praise God. Like I said, I, I've, been, I've been ministering this stuff here, you know, and, and I was a youth minister in, in our Baptist church. That's why they, they licensed me back in that day. That's why they gave me credentials. I was going to college and, and uh, was working in the church, and so they, they hired me. I became their first youth minister. Hallelujah. So my last two years of college, I was doing youth ministry, going to college, and, and, and preaching. You know, so I've been in this thing April be 40-some years, you know, 43 years, I guess. But anyway, ministering, and, and it's amazing 
I, I'm over in, in Cairo preaching, and, and I'm sitting there while I'm, I'm just sitting there minding my own business while they're worshiping God, getting ready to go preach. And the Lord said, do this and this. And, and I had to open up my Bible, and he started telling me some things about a verse that I hadn't seen yet. And he says, start with this verse tonight. I said, well, now that you told me about it, I guess I will. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I'd hate to think that I've gotten to the place where God can't show me anything more. Amen? Because, you see, I want more revelation. I want more vision. I want to see more, praise God. Somebody says, how can I know if I've got revelation? You, you, you're going along, and all of a sudden you I can see that. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? So you ever have somebody telling you something and you're just having a hard time and, 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 and all of a sudden the light goes on you go, oh, oh yeah, I see that. That's revelation, praise God. And it's just the same thing with the Word of God. You read it and you read it and read it and all of a sudden it jumps off the page and you go, whoo, I never saw that before. Because it just went from a word in the Bible to a word to you. Amen? And that's what life is. That's what the Christian life is. That's what, that's what this is all about. Is, is your vision didn't start and stop the day you asked Jesus to be your Lord. It started. And from that time on, God wants to show you revelation after revelation. And every time you get a revelation, it's to change and transform you. Remember what he said in Romans 12? He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind changed and made more like God by letting God give you revelations of who you are so you can live it. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me show you something real quick, and we're going to pray. I want you to look in John's gospel real quickly. John chapter 15. Hallelujah. I won't keep you long this morning. Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be asked to come again. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But I just want to show you here for, through the, <laughs> amen. It's good to laugh. Hallelujah. You know, but from the, the very teaching of Jesus shows us that your Christian walk with God is a process of revelation. It's a process of him working in your life. And if you can grab a hold of this, it'll help you. He says in verse chapter one, chapter 15, verse 1, he says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the, the vine dresser. My father is the husband. He's the, in other words, my father is the one that's taking care of us. He, he, he's the owner. He, he's the one watching. So I got the father's care in my life. Amen? And, so he, he, and, and the father sent the son so I could be connected with him. And Jesus, I'm the true vine, so the, Jesus is the true way to connect us to the father. Amen? And then he goes on and he says this. Every branch in me that bears fruit, notice that? What's he say? He says, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch in me that bears fruit, what's he do? He prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Isn't that good? Now, what's he saying to you? He's saying, when just because you got saved, everything in your life wasn't perfect. Now, one translation I was reading says, he that stops bearing fruit, he takes away. In other words, if I stop living for God, I stop the flow of God. Amen? But if I keep living for God, he's going to prune me. What's he going to prune out of me? What, what do you do when you prune? You cut off branches that aren't producing. Amen? 
And he's not talking about he's going to prune the church. He's talking about he's pruning the individual. He's talking to us individually now. And what he's saying is this. He says, when you joined with me, he says, I'll tell you what you do. If you'll stay connected with me, I'll prune out of you the insecurities, the condemnations of your past, doubts, fears, all those things that would hinder you in your walk that that was still hanging on you when you came to me, I'll start working those things out of your life. I'll start transforming you and pruning you and preparing you. And then he tells you how he's going to do it. He says, you are clean, already clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. How's God going to clean me and, and change me and transform me? By the word of God. Amen? See, he's not going to punish me because I'm not perfect. Hallelujah. He's not going to condemn me because I haven't figured it out yet. But I'll tell you what I'll do. He'll get me in the Word. Remember in Ephesians 5.26 over somewhere he says, he says that he sanctifies the church with the washing of the water of the Word. So you know what happens when you hear a truth and all of a sudden it starts going against something in you? You know what you do? You let that truth begin to clean that out of you and bring God's will into you. You don't hang on to the struggle. You hang on to the word and let the word cut the struggle out. And when we come to the Lord, we all come to him with with stuff. Amen. I came to the Lord. I came to him. I had a bunch of stuff. (laughs) And then, you know, and and then as I grew in the Lord, I found out I still had stuff. (laughs) But you know what he does? It's God's will for you and I to be fruitful Christians. It's God's will for you and I to be successful Christians. It's God's will for you and I to enjoy our Christian life and live what he's called us to live. And so the pruning isn't him punishing us. The pruning is him taking those things out of our lives that hinder us from enjoying what he's done for us. When I came to the Lord, I had insecurities. My, it's funny. My mom, she, she was talking, uh, and and uh, she told I, she might have been sent to Bonnie, but we were took him out, and 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 she goes, "Yeah, I'm amazed." Because she sees me travel. She says, "Now call me in your travels." I said, "Okay." She goes, "It's amazing." She told Bonnie, she "said when he's 11 years old, couldn't get him to go into an ice cream store and get his own ice cream because he wouldn't talk to anybody. His daddy had to get up and go in there and buy it for him to get him to come out." I said, "Now he's out here preaching everywhere." I said, "My God," she said, "Don't tell me the Lord don't do miracles." Hallelujah. <laughs> Well, you know, because of my backgrounds, I had insecurities. I had all kinds of crazy stuff in my life that I didn't tell everybody. I'd try to cover them over. But thank God as you get in the Word, God begins to open those things up and prune them out of your life. How's He do it? He gives you a revelation of who you are in Him now. And that revelation begins to change the way you see yourself and think about yourself. And all of a sudden, that insecurity is gone. And now where it was producing junk in my life, God starts a new branch. And it's producing confidence now. And it's producing in me an ability that I didn't have before. And now all of a sudden, a part of my life that wasn't functioning well is now producing good things for God. Amen? And that's called the process of revelation, of walking in who you are in Christ. And then, of course, he goes on and he says this in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself, except it abide in the vine. He said, and, and, you know, and he goes on, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he says this, he says, Every branch, He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 6, he goes on, he says, If anyone does not abide in me, he cannot, look at that, 
he, he is cast out as a branch and withered. And they gather them and throw them. One, one translation says, and men gather them and throw them in the fire. And they're burned. Now, somebody says, what's he talking about? He's saying this. He's saying, the moment that you separate yourself from God, you start withering in your walk. Some people say, I don't need to go in church to be a Christian. I don't need to be in church to be a Christian. I'm going to tell you what. You stay out of church a couple of Sundays and then decide you're going to get up and go on a Sunday morning and your flesh will fight you like it just got demon-possessed. And your head will start telling you a thousand reasons why you shouldn't get up that morning and go to church. You have already started withering and going in the wrong direction because you have disconnected yourself from the source of your life. And you know what's so sad? There are men, unscrupulous, ungodly people that have separated themselves from God and they're out there ready to gather you to themselves and feed you full of why you shouldn't be in church and what the church is doing and why you should. And they'll get you to burn them with their same kind of junk that they're burning with now because they've separated themselves from God. And they'll burn you. And the first thing you know, you're backslid and deceived. And that's what Jesus is warning. And somebody says, well, I just believe I'm saved and I'm okay. Well, you know, you're saved, but you're not okay because, you see, you're still living in a world where there's a devil and he's like a, a thief and he's out to steal and he's like a roaring lion. He's out to destroy you. And the best protection you have is to stay in where God has called you to be. Hallelujah. Stay with the bunch. Amen friend of mine used to sell the time. He said, you know, it's the lone banana that gets peeled. <laughs> hmm? So if you don't want the devil peeling you, you better stay with the bunch. Praise God. <laughs> and so the Lord is saying how important it is that we gather together, that we stay together, that we hear the word, that we grow and we encourage. The same thing he said in Hebrews 10, that we don't forsake this assembling, but we come together. Why? Because the more we're coming together, the more we're hearing the word, the more we're growing. We're developing that in our life. Amen. Then he says this in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words, and that word there, W-R-D-S, is rhema. My word becomes a spoken word to you, and it becomes alive in you. You will ask whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. Isn't that great? In other words, whenever I've come and I've heard that word, it becomes a reality to me. It's the same thing Paul said in Romans 10. It's the same thing Solomon said in Proverbs 29. And the Lord Jesus is saying the same thing. Consistently, he's saying, when you let that word speak to you and come alive to you, it will produce a faith in you that will cause your, your prayers to work. It will cause your confession to work. It will change your attitudes and produce great things in your life. Amen. Jesus went on and he said this, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Be fruitful. What's that mean? Let the things that God is doing be seen in your life. Produce God results. Amen. Produce things that glorify Jesus. Walk around and let people see Jesus in you. Hallelujah. I shared this yesterday. I, 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 God gave me this a couple of weeks ago. And the Lord, really, he just spoke this. He said, I want all of my children to be fruitful in their walk, successful, producing fruit, glorifying me. And then the Lord, he, he just spoke this to me. And he said, if you go to church, you're faithful. And if you're faithful and you go to church, you know, that's a good thing. He said, but when you're fruitful, you become the church. Amen. 
The difference in being faithful and being fruitful is being faithful is going to church. Being fruitful is being the church. I don't want to just go to church. I want to be the church. And if I'm the church, guess what? I'm going to be fruitful on the job. I'm going to be fruitful out here in the community. I'm going to be fruitful with my family. I'm going to be fruitful with my friends because they're going to see Jesus in my life because, see, it's not a Sunday morning religion anymore. It's a lifestyle relationship that's a revelation to me now. And I'm going to let the Word determine my attitude and actions in everything I do. And I believe that's where God is calling the church in 2019. That we are fruitful, living out of revelation. We have a vision, and we're going to let Jesus be seen in our lives. We're going to be a light shining in the darkness, and we're going to attack this world, not with flesh and blood, but we're going to attack the things that are going on in this world through the love of Jesus Christ, the power of God. Amen? Amen. And they're going to see a difference in us. And I'm going to see a difference in me. Amen? Because I have a revelation of what God wants me to be. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you now and praise you for the word. We thank you, Lord, for vision. We thank you for revelation knowledge. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that, that Christianity is more than just a church service. We thank you, Lord, that it's, it's more than us just, just coming together, but it is us living our lives with a revelation of who we are in you and being connected to you so you can flow through us and with us and, and in us and for us and about us. And, Lord, lives will be changed and we thank you lord we just praise you this morning and lord i just pray for every person and i just believe you lord god that you just help us we've heard this word now help us to receive it and believe it and act upon it and lord may the revelation that you're our savior our healer our deliverer manifest in our life may we act upon For faith has to be acted upon. You said whoever calls, not just those who believe, but those who call upon you will be saved, healed, delivered, set free. May we call upon you. May we release our faith to you. May we receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now, right where you're at, I minister this word to you because I believe God wants to do some pruning this morning. What's that mean? I believe God wants to cut out of your life some things that have been holding you back, that have condemned you, that have hindered you, that have tried to tell you that you're not worthy or tried to tell you you're not going to make it or tried to keep you sick and defeated. God says, I came to hook up with you to get that out of your life and replace it with things that would produce good stuff in your life. See, the Lord never takes a branch away that he doesn't graft a good one in. So when we let the Lord take something out, he's already got a plan to put something good back in. But you know what? He won't take the old branch out until we give him permission. The very moment we let him have it, he'll take it away. The very moment we'll believe, he'll put something good back in his place. I'm so glad that I laid down my insecurity so I could have his confidence. 
I'm so glad that I laid down my unworthy attitudes and received his attitude of righteousness in my life. I'm so glad that I laid down my ideas that I had to be sick and probably maybe it's God's will. I'm glad I laid down that attitude and found out that Jesus was my healer. He would help me to live my life. I'm so glad one day I was sitting listening to a man preach about Jesus meeting needs and touching lives and he came out and he basically just preached and said you don't have to live in poverty you don't have to be poor all your life God will begin to work a good work in you and help you to, to have a good life and, and successful life I'm so glad that I love the Lord just purge that poverty mentality branch off of me and put a success branch in me now, when I say success, I don't mean a millionaire, billionaire branch. I'm talking about success, victorious, needs met, prospering in what I put my hand to, not a failure. Right now, as I minister these words, what's God speaking to you this morning? What is God saying to you this morning? I want to ask you to do this. Would you stand up all over this house? And you personally, here this day we are people with a vision but you're also a person that has to have a vision and with your personal vision you have to let the Lord purge out things that will hinder that vision and let God put in things that will make that vision come to pass and you have to make sure, first of all, that that vision is a revelation from God and not just something you want. How do I know that? Because if it's from God, you'll have Bible and Scripture to back it up. Because happy is He who keeps the Word. So I'm going to base my revelation and vision on what the Word says. Because if I do, I've got God backing me. And if God is backing me, guess what? I can get it done because greater is he that's with me than against me. So right now, all over this house, let's let the Lord do a mighty work in each one of us. Amen? I don't know what pruning needs to take place in your heart or in your life or in your mind or in your family. But you know what? Why don't you put it in the Lord's hands this morning and let God fix it for you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church Podcast.